All right, good evening. Welcome to Draft 412. This is On the Clock Steelers Talk on the 412 JT with Emmett here tonight. And I'm going to, uh, before I get into that, Bet Rivers is one of our big, um, they're one of our big sponsors for last year's uh, draft party. Um, going to be using them again from, from what I've understood. And they're a big, big uh, sponsor for us. Uh, get down to the North Shore. Um, I know when I go to Pirate Games, um, I'm always going through the casino. I'm not a big spender with the casino money, but I do bet games here and there. They have a, a great sports book here. So if you get a chance, you're going past the casino, stop in at the sports book, watch some games, grab a drink, uh, some great food down there. So uh, thank you, Bet Rivers. Emmett, how was your uh, how was your holiday season? It was very nice, thanks. I was able to get back to Pittsburgh, spend some time with the family. Uh, so that was, uh, it was very relaxing. Uh, I actually uh, got... Uh, Got a lot of writing done during the holidays, finished off uh, the pirate uh, scouting reports, and I got a lot of stuff done for Draft Carolina. And that's a good segue I wanted to bring that up, too, is um, we're going to have a pirate prospect book um, coming out, I believe, in late February, early March. Um, it's it's going to be phenomenal. It's it's one of the most exciting things I've been a part of. Um, we're, five of us writers are getting got together. We did um, 10 profiles. We got we got. 50 prospects we write about, I think, what, 75 to 75 to 100 on the uh, total for the book, plus mm-hmm. plus some um, history, historical stuff, uh, draft pick stuff with Dave Finoli. So it's going to be it's going to be phenomenal when it's out at the bookstore. We'll let you know and uh, uh, get you get you in the right direction to buy that. If you're a pirate fan, it's a must, a must, uh, must buy book. Also, get on www.draft412.com to see all the uh, profiles we got going right now, draft profiles. We'll be doing mock drafts. We'll be coming around here sooner than later. And also, um, Emmett, Emmett uh, does a lot of work with Draft Carolina, draftcarolina.com. They've just come on board. A um, lot of college stuff there, a lot of college teams in that area. Um, got a little bit of basketball. You got some hockey. You got baseball, football. You got you got all four sports there. You got MLS. And MLS, you got got them all working hard there in Carolina. So get on that site as well. Let us know what you guys think, and then eventually it will be under the umbrella of DraftNation.com. Uh, but uh, that's down the road. But once that happens, you'll you'll better see pretty much all the information that we have on all the sites in one spot. So it'll be it'll be nice to see that. And the last weekend, uh, Emmett, the Steelers once again got lucky. They 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 did it. They they won the game they had to win. I give them that. But they also had um, some help, and the help came early on Sunday with the um, the Tennessee Titans. It was like I guess we can call it Mike Vrabel's going away present to us right now, as he got fired today, which little little shocking on, on my end of that aspect. But we'll get into that later. But the Steelers nine and eight make the playoffs, and they're playing. I guess it's bittersweet. They're playing a team that four or five weeks ago you'd have been like, I think the Steelers have a really good good matchup uh, thing going on with the Bills. They were struggling all year long, but since they're by, um, they are five and zero, and they're probably probably playing the best football in the uh, in the AFC, maybe even the NFL right now. So, Emmett, my question to you are: What are the keys to beating Josh Allen and the Bills? And is this a, is this a year the Steelers could? Event, as a road team, go into Buffalo and, and, and win the game. I had a friend text me uh, during the, uh, uh, the Miami Buffalo game 
uh, stating that he, he could come up with three reasons why the Steelers could beat every team in the AFC and three reasons why they could lose to every team in the AFC. And I think that's very true. Might even be more. You could probably do six and six. <laughs> probably. Um, it, it really is, you know, every team has its warts. Uh, uh, you know, the ghost of Pete Rozelle is, is uh, resting happily in heaven that he, is, <laughs> he has finally achieved ultimate parity. Uh, some of us might use the term mediocre, but uh, out of respect for Pete Rozelle, we'll use parody. Uh, there is, as we were talking before we went on the air, no pun intended, this is going to be a really wild card weekend. Uh, if, if for no other reasons, the aforementioned mediocrity, but the weather. Uh, it, it's very likely the Steelers are going to be playing in some, uh, uh, some uh, lake effect snow. So, Obviously, there's not going to be a lot of points on the on the board. Think back to last last year when Mac Jones beat Buffalo. I think it was three nothing or something like that. Uh, that might be on uh, on the uh, the agenda for this weekend. So, the first thing uh, in terms of beating Josh Allen is don't give him the ball. So, time of possession is going to be paramount. Steelers absolutely have to win the time of possession battle. Uh, if if they leave Allen out there uh, for more more than thirty minutes, that's going to be a problem. Uh, especially if they get down 10, 14 points. Uh, I, I know everyone's been uh, really happy with the with the production that Mason Rudolph has put up in his three starts. Some of that has been the competition, uh, but. You know, they have to keep it close, and to keep it close, they need to keep the ball. They need to grind it out. Uh, Buffalo is, if not the worst, one of the worst teams uh, against the rush on first down. It's one of those weird, nuanced stats that could really work in the Steelers' favor. So uh, it's it's going to be, can the Steelers offensive line push the, the Bills' defensive line backwards, or are the Bills pushing the offensive line, uh, the Steelers' offensive line backwards? Uh, that That is it, – it, it's going to be old-time football uh, without the leather helmets. I agree with that. And one of the things that I've, I've noticed about Josh Allen throughout his career is when he has a bad game, he has a bad game. I mean, he has some really bad games at times um, when he's under a lot of pressure. He, he, usually he throws he, – he's one of them quarterbacks that make mistakes – once he's caught up and wants to try to make something happen when he shouldn't, he'll throw a ball. And I think um, that's where we're really going to miss TJ. Watt. I know we're going to miss TJ Watt no matter what, but um, against a team like Buffalo and against a quarterback like Allen that, that will um, he'll, he'll get excited and he'll, he'll make a play sometimes and you scratch your head. I mean, early in the year, there was a couple of games that I was, I was shocked at some of the plays that he was trying to make. And um, he's, he's, he's toned it down as they've won here in the last, the last five weeks. Um, do you think that the Steelers on defense can figure out a way to still um, keep the pressure on, on um, Josh Allen? And do you think they'll have to, even without TJ Watt, they're going to have to have a spy or somebody. I mean, I know the field's going to be bad, so it's mostly going to be running plays anyways, but you got to keep somebody – um, Josh Allen can beat you with his legs first and foremost. I mean, if he's not, if it's one of them days where he's not going to make a lot of good throws anyways, the Steelers are going to have to have a unique way of playing him on defense this weekend without, without TJ Watt. 
Yeah, I, I think that it's um, a spy will probably be employed, but a lot of it is going to have to be disguised coverages uh, mm -hmm. uh, because that's if you go back and you look at the turnovers Josh Allen has, some of them are just inexplicable. And it's because he's not looking at the entire defense. He, he sees things that aren't there and he tries to squeeze a ball in there. Uh, the return of Demonte Casey, I think will be important because I think safety play is, is going to be just crucial uh, because of both the, the high, high dependence on run, but this is a kind of game where you just cannot let someone get behind you and, and get an easy long time. I, I mean, if, if in the first quarter, Diggs pops off a 75-yard touchdown because of uh, a, a blown coverage, or, you, you know, it might be game over. And, it, and you could be at a really ugly score. Uh, so uh, I, I think uh, the, 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 they're going to have to disguise their coverages. They're going to they're, they're have to keep pressuring them, but they're going to have to be mindful of the edges. You don't want to overcommit. And then Allen goes around you and runs for, for 30 yards. And then lastly, make sure you bring the right size cleats. You ain't kidding. They seem like all year long they have a, a quarter or two where they seem like they have the wrong cleats on, then they make their they make their adjustments. If this is a, a lake, a lake effect snowstorm, so to speak, in your mind, if you're weighing weighing the teams, is that is that put the Steelers closer to a win to you, in your opinion? Or do you think no? Because Buffalo I mean, Buffalo is used to this weather as well, of course. But yeah, no, I I think it 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 definitely um, improves the Steelers' chances beyond a puncher's chance, uh, because I think it, it is going to limit the passing game, and it is going to come down to who wins in the trenches uh, and who can control the the time of possession. Uh, that that uh, that kind of wind and snow really opens the window for, for Josh Allen to, to make some ill-advised throws. Uh, and, yep. you know, the Steelers might be looking at some short, some short fields. So I, I think it, uh, I, I think there's definitely reason for optimism this weekend. And do you think um, with the wind and the snow as, as, as it could be, I mean, and you're right. Allen's that kind of guy that thinks his arm, I mean, he has a great arm. Don't get me wrong. Probably the best top two arms in the league. But he might be a guy that tries to make a deep throw and just can't make it tomorrow I'm on, on Sunday because of the, the fact that the wind is, is hanging up there. Besides the obvious Mason Rudolph and, and um, if, if the obvious Mason Rudolph has, has to have a big game. But other than that, though, what Steelers – is there a Steeler on the offensive line or a Steeler on the defensive line or just somebody out there? You already mentioned KZ, which makes a lot of sense to me. They've played, they played the last – two, three weeks now, basically with a makeshift safety uh, position, which is, it's, it's always hard to do. And, and they, they've gotten through with some wins. Uh, besides KZ, besides Rudolph, there's somebody that you're, you're hoping they just play one of their better games they have in a while in the Steelers, in the Steelers uniform. Oh boy. Yeah. That's, that's a great question. Um, having, uh, by all accounts, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is going to be back. And that, 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 that's huge. That, that's, that's huge. huge. Uh, because it limits how many how many guys you have playing out of position. Uh, Peterson has looked pretty good when he's been back there, uh, but you know if this allows uh, you got Casey and and Minka on the back end, 
you're a little more flexible what you can do with 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 Patrick Peterson, uh, which which is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little concerned injury wise with uh, Landon Roberts uh, between the groin and the pec and wind chill factors and slick fields. I don't know, you know, how, how effective he's going to be uh, uh, against. Uh, tight ends or running backs that are making cuts, things like that. That's a little bit of a worry. Uh, if it's going to be really windy, uh, the, the, the one guy that really needs to have the best game he's had of the season is Mason Cole. Yep. Uh, That's a good point. You cannot afford to have the ball flying over Rudolph's head or off to his right or off to his left. Uh, so that, uh, that, uh, that's key. And, and it's gonna, a lot's going to be on Rudolph. I think one of the big keys uh, that uh, to the success of the last couple of weeks is because Rudolph has, has displayed the ability to go deep, that he's kept defenses um, honest. Uh, they haven't been able to put nine guys in a box like they were doing against Pickett. Therefore, that opens up the running game. So Rudolph is going to have to come out early and display that he can still get the ball deep. Uh, and out quickly and with muster on it when you're doing those slants. And by the way, you've read my, you've read my mind with Mason Cook. That's one of the guys that really has to, this, this is going to be a big, I think a big between the tackles kind of game. And um, it starts with, with Mason Cook. It's, you know, with the snapping and just picking up guys. And I, I noticed James Daniels last week had a couple uh, gaps as well. So the line, the line has improved as the years went on, but there's still, Still, definitely some room for some improvement. Buffalo, like you've already mentioned, they got a, a pretty stout defensive line uh, with Ed Oliver and a couple other guys on their line. I could play, play a good defense. Um, coming into the game, I was shocked. They're ninth in total defense. Didn't realize the Bills were in the top 10. They're uh, um, seventh against the pass, 15th against the run. Nothing crazy, good or bad there. But um, it just- comes with context. I mean, they played mm-hmm. uh, the Jets and the Patriots twice. Uh, That's true. And also, you know, the first half of the season, you had you had Milano in the center, uh, and he he plugged up a lot of a lot of things. So they they got fat early. That that's true. That's that's a that's a really good point. The Steelers, on the other hand, are twenty first in total defense, which they've improved as the year went on. Uh, they're seventeenth in against the pass, nineteenth against the run. So the Steelers made some improvements as the year went on. And talking about the AFC, when we first came into this season, I think everybody thought, yeah, at least Cincinnati, you had Baltimore, you had Kansas City, uh, you had Buffalo. Um, some people thought um, one of them teams out, out in the West, other than, than the um, the Broncos or the Chargers, might have a season this year. There was, there was a lot of teams in the AFC this year that was supposed to be stout, like how are you going to get through the AFC was what everybody was saying. Now, as the playoffs start, I want to venture to say in the last five, six, maybe seven years, this is the most wide open I believe the AFC is. I think the Chiefs aren't their normal Chiefs right now. Um, I actually think it's funny to think this, but the Bills might be in their best position in a while by not you know, running through a, a 13-4 of four record. People are they're just coming on at the right time. This might be the year the Bills actually – Make hay, I think, uh, one of them teams that could get through. But in your opinion, is this the year that if you're a wild card team in AFC, you get you get hot right now at the right time? Like the Steelers may be a team, a team could float through this thing. You agree with that? 
without a question. Absolutely. Uh, you could see you could see all four road teams win this weekend. You could see all four home teams. You could see some kind of combination. Uh, you could see a team like Houston uh, keep rolling. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I know this won't sit well with our friends in draft four one two, but you know Cleveland. Cleveland could make some noise, or they yeah. could, or they can do kind of Cle- Cleveland things and <laughs> uh, get you know planning for the draft come Monday morning. Uh, I, I did uh, a few weeks ago. I, I think I texted you guys and I texted some other friends. Said this is absolutely the year to to, to get Kansas City early because uh, I think they are very beatable. Uh, I think some of it is probably fatigue. Uh, some of it is uh, uh, Yoko Swift, if you will. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. mean, just that—that that is just not the same team. Uh, I agree. That have gone and and uh, you know even Baltimore. Baltimore has a propensity to self-immolate like a bunch of Buddhist monks. I they just uh, the. the that's a team that could easily be undefeated this year, and they could have lost eight games because they just some of the bonehead things they do. I I totally agree with you. I think this is the one season. I know the Steelers uh, uh pulled this off the year against Seattle. They won the uh they won the Super Bowl as, as a wild card, and I I think m- many of the years since then we've been playing pretty pretty tough teams in the first round where you knew the KC but they were dominant teams. I don't really think there is a dominant AFC team. I think um, in, in some respects, I think the whole playoff field is, is a lot less than what we thought. Even the NFC, I thought we thought the Eagles were going to be a team to, to reckon with. They've taken uh, major steps back. Um, this, this could be the year you see like a Rams make it through the NFC or Detroit. And uh, I think it's maybe one, be one of the funner, one of the funner NFL playoff seasons we've had in a long time where it's, I don't think anything should shock you during these games. Yeah. Um, I, I think our, our, our good friends at Bet Rivers are going to make a lot of money this year. Oh, they're going to make a ton. because I, I it, It's hard not to go with these teams that are hot right now at the right time. Usually you don't get that in these playoffs because usually a team like, the, you know, you have a 14-3 and three team that's just sitting there ready to, to pound on people. But we don't really got that this year, and I, I sort of do. I like, I like, the, I like the, uh, the setup this year. I think it's going to be some really good games. Um, not even just counting the Steeler games. I think um, all the way through we'll be playing. We're gonna be watching some really good football games this weekend. Um, Unless you don't have Peacock. Well, yeah, that's that's a whole <laughs> other podcast. There, that's amazing to me that they're doing that. But I stream everything, so I find a way to I find a way to get it. What what does um this is this is the question I think it's in the back of everybody's mind. Sort of like the elephant in the room type thing. In your opinion, and I know we all got opinions on this, what does Mason Rudolph have to do in these playoffs, or has he already done it to get a look next year by the Steelers? And the second part of that question is, even if the Steelers want to give him a look next year, does he give us a time of day, or does he does he just shoot for the free agency and try to get the try to get the mother load? I don't think it's going to be a mother load like Matt Flynn how it was a couple <laughs> years ago. Like, even though Matt Flynn played one game and got his money, but she showed you how crazy that was. But yeah. Um, I think he has definitely earned the right to go to camp and to compete for the starting job. Uh, in addition to the points that are putting up, and again, there's context as to whom they, they, they uh, scored as much against, mm-hmm. but you just see the reaction of the team. And that's in no way, shape or form to say that, that Kenny Pickett is not, is not unliked. I think he's, I think he's very well liked 
and very well respected. But I think there just seems to be a different vibe uh, when, when Rudolph is in the game. So that has to be taken into account. Now, I don't think he will, he, he will rebuff uh, approaches from the Steelers. I don't think he'll hold it against them. Otherwise, he would have, as he said, he'd be selling commercial real estate uh, as opposed to coming back for another season as number three guy. The question becomes, um, what do you sign him for? And what is he looking for? Because uh, if he's looking for starter money, which is north of $30 million minimum, no, he's not that ain't happening. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's still going to be, if you want to bring him back, it's going to be mid-teens. And, yes, I, I'm on record as saying the salary cap is a bit of a myth. Um, and things can be adjusted. But they're already, they have to shed $10 million, uh before March 1st uh, to do anything. So that's before they even talk to Mason uh, Rudolph. So there's a lot of moving parts. I suspect somehow he does get like a 15 to 20 million one year deal with a lot of incentives built into it. Um, they'll draft a quarterback. They'll, 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 they'll take the, the small uh, dead cap hit on Mitch uh, and send him on his way. And I think it, it, it'll go to Latrobe and at the end of August, we'll, we'll have our answer. So in your opinion, um, are you past the point? I don't think you ever, I don't think you were one of the people that we talked to that actually came out and said they're going to be looking in the draft. Do you think the Steelers look at the draft? Do you think they're over that point now? And it, it does become picket and a picket and um, Rudolph kind of battle going into camp. I could see a, an insurance policy, maybe a, a third or fourth round kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, it, you, there's some intriguing guys that aren't among the big ones. Uh, as many of our, our viewers know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I like the Steelers. I root for the Steelers, but the Giants are my favorite team. You know, I don't want them taking a quarterback at six, but I'm looking at someone like a Spencer Rattler at three or four. Or Jordan Travis, maybe even uh, a guy that coming off an injury. Yeah, and bring them in, and you don't have to rush them in. And, you know, if Kenny wins the job in camp and then falters during the season, you've got Mason, you've, you, you've got your insurance policy in your in, in, in your uh, coat pocket. I, I like that. I like that point, too. I think that I think uh, the Steelers got too many. We, we all know we all know about the holes the Steelers have. They have way too many uh, holes to really um, touch on the quarterback spot early on. And, uh, and they even have holes that we don't we didn't even know about coming into the season like. Receiver might be a whole, I mean, depending on how they, okay. how they, how they deal with Deontay Johnson and the whole situation. Yeah. So there's, there, there could be a lot, it's going to be a, another very fun off season. And one of the big things this off season is going to be the rumors um, until it's dispelled with a, with a, another uh, extension. But um, I, was, I was watching um, the Pat McAfee show, which I know is not hundred percent truthful by no means, but um, he's friends with Jay Glazer. Uh, Jay Glazer made the statement that um, he reported that there's a chance Mike Tomlin is thinking about walking away and just just taking a break. I guess it was, that was the words, taking a break for a couple seasons, so to speak, kind of thing. What, what do you put into that? You think it's more or less a, a clickbait kind of thing by Jay Glazer? Or? I, I mean, Glazer, Glazer's usually pretty plugged in and, and uh, you know, you, you can't know for sure, but to say there's a chance... 
boy, could you narrow that down any further? Well, that's true. There's a chance I it's snow today. A <laughs> chance Jennifer Garner's agent will reach out to me and ask for my phone number. Doesn't mean it's <laughs> happening. Uh, no, that's understandable. So I, uh, I, I just, um, Tomlin's here for as long as he wants to be. I know we talked about it the last time we were on a podcast mm-hmm. together. It's going to be his call. I don't, uh, I don't see it happening. I, I give it a a 2% chance. Uh, my big concern with the off season uh, is the way this, this, this regular season closed and we'll see what happens with the playoffs. I've seen this movie more often uh, than, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Shawshank redemption. <laughs> they, the, the Steelers find a way to close hard. They delude themselves into thinking they're better than they are. Uh, they'll probably promote one of the interims to offensive coordinator. Don't uh, like that. You know, they'll sign middle of the lo- middle of the road free agents. Uh, you know, maybe Khan and Weidel, if Weidel is still here, uh, are a little more aggressive and imaginative in the draft, but you know, still drafting vanilla. And I'm just afraid we've got more of this George Jetson on the treadmill. You know, play in the middle, draft in the middle, stay in the middle. Yeah, I agree. I think that's um, overall. I mean, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year we're going to go nine and eight and have to play Buffalo in the first round, I'd have told you I'd rather be six and eleven and <laughs> drafting at thirteen or twelve or eleven, whatever that's going to be. Um, I agree with you. I think that we are on this on this rotating treadmill that we're not going to we're not gonna, ever going to improve. I mean, even some of the teams like. Cincinnati went through what, um, like a five, six year period where they had high draft picks and they turned them into turned them into Burrow Chase. I mean, they they turned they turned their franchise around pretty quickly. And I know they had an off year this year, but they're they're still set up to um, you know, to be to be a competitive team here in the future. They had a, a couple injury problems, which any team any team in the NFL gets a couple injuries at the top, they could be in the same boat as what Cincinnati is. So I don't blame that on on yeah, anything. I know it's not by design, but Baltimore, it seems like every five years, just as their rookie contracts are coming up or whatnot, they have a terrible year. And, and they, they drafted a 12th or 11th. And they have 15 draft picks and they're all at the top of the, the rounds and they just replenish the system. Uh, and that they're, like I said, I'm, I'm sure it's not by design and it's not what they're what they prefer to do, but like every fifth year, they are just a dumpster fire and they, they turn it, they turn it into gold. And you're not kidding. There's I'm following the draft as long as I have been with pick by picks, Baltimore and new England back in the mid 2010s were just every year just seemed like they had their, their draft picks became gremlins. Like someone added water to them and they had four more draft picks here in the third round, a couple here, I mean, New England was always good at that. New England would win a Super Bowl, come back and have not a first rounder, but they'd have three seconds, a, a third. They turn that into a, a, a couple firsts for the next year. They were always working it, and I, I think that's one of the things I've noticed in New England with Belichick that doesn't seem like it's they're not as um, what's the word? Um, they're not as lively with the trades and the uh, the draft picks anymore, which I think adds another reason why I, I sense that that this could be the end of the end of Belichick's run there as well. Um, do you think what, what's, the, what's the sentiment of the, the, you know, the Yinzers as well as I do. What, 
what is the sentiment going to be when we lose this game to Buffalo? That that Tomlin just cannot win, or is it? Are people going to look look deep enough to say, you know what, this team wasn't that good for him to get to the playoffs? Do you think they give him the credit or no? Just another one, one and done. That's that's a tremendous question. That's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of both. I think there is going to be uh, a forty-eight to seventy-two hour mourning period if they lose. Okay. Yeah, if. Uh, and then I think as the season unwinds, uh, or the off season unwinds, people are going to realize. You know, you look at some of the guys; they were virtually signing off of the street and plugging in yeah. for them to have, you know, a Tomlin non-losing season, but to have gotten a playoff game. I, I think at the end, the people are going to be relatively uh, pleased with it and optimistic uh, when all is said and done. Uh, unless, of course, it, it's one of those things that they barely lose to Buffalo and Buffalo goes on and wins the Super Bowl. Then, then, the Inzer fans will be kicking themselves. They'll they'll, they'll point to you know, a holding call that was missed, or uh, you know a, a, a replay that's overturned. And they're gonna say, "We should have won the damn Super Bowl." Uh, that's that's, that's I, you got it right on the got it right on the nail. I know you're gonna have the regular people, the regular guys, the fire Tomlin guys that'll be like, "That's eight years now without a playoff win," and I and I do get that point of it. But listening to some of these ex-football players and and some of these experts on these uh these shows, they 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 go pretty much an about face to, to win that many. I know people don't want to hear this in Pittsburgh to win that many years in a row in an NFL with a salary cap. With teams are always pretty much like you you already mentioned Pete Rozelle smiling with the uh the competitiveness is the balance is right there now to keep winning. I know it's only this year is ten and seven, which it's not, it's not a bad season at all, man. I, I said nine and eight earlier. They were actually ten and seven. I, I messed up on that because um, I was thinking they were only a game over. They were three games over. Of course, ten and seven is a nice. It an, It turned out to be a. I think it's one of his better coaching jobs he's done as a Steelers coach. Put it that way. I think, and you already mentioned it with the safeties. If we look back three years from now, who they plugged in at safety. For a couple of them weeks in one game. I know they weren't playing the best competition, but I mean, Seattle was a team at the time that was a hungry team trying to make the playoffs. It was at Seattle. I thought that was a, uh, that was a pretty much of a, one of the bigger wins of the season. I know I don't put much stock in the week 18 game, of course, because Baltimore played their, um, their, their Juco team. So, I mean, we still hang, hung out there, but I, I agree with everything you're saying. I think this, the people in Pittsburgh got to realize like, you're gonna have years like this, and this is a big this is a big season going forward. I mean, the Steelers. I guess the last question I'm gonna ask you is: going into 2024, say Pickett's a starter, if they have three or four offensive games like they had this beginning of this year, and then Rudolph comes in, isn't much better. Is is that it? Do the Steelers have to blow everything up at that point? Then I mean, is it is it gonna to have to be that they're a team looking for a quarterback from that from that point on? Uh, for most teams, that would be the course of action with the Steelers who have the power to self-delude as strong as the force. Uh, I'm not sure they ever get to that point. Uh, I've on occasion likened them to the Chicago Cubs and that they know that if they're just good enough, they'll sell out for a hundred years. And that as long as there's one person 
in Pittsburgh that was alive and saw a Super Bowl, that'll be the the mantra. You know, Super Bowl is the uh, is the goal. We we don't rebuild. Uh, you know, we retool. Uh, and I think it would it would have to take a calamity of uh, events for them to finally say, you know, uh, it's really cool that it's been since 1970 since we've had a top five pick, but maybe, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world uh, to, to, uh, uh, to have a high draft pick to, for a year or two, let it, uh, let uh, some of these high price guys go and then end up with a hundred million in cap space and a high draft pick and probably a quicker way back to the Super Bowl. That's a real good points again. I, I believe that the Steelers are one of them them teams that, without getting high draft picks, you have to hit. I mean, to hit on TJ Watt was amazing at that yeah. point in the draft. To hit on a guy that without much talent, that doesn't happen. We we've seen it here in Pittsburgh. I mean, we, we hit on Polamalu. I mean, we, you know, he was a guy that we we moved up and got. We we hit on we hit on Ben. We hit on, but then the, all the other years when you're picking in the twenty, we we didn't hit on Artie Burns. We didn't hit on. A couple of the, you know, a couple, a lot of these other guys, um, Jarvis Jones, I'm kind of guys. So you need, you need a year or two, and I and I, I agree with this. I think and you're right with Baltimore. Baltimore does a better job of hitting on middle, middle, uh, middle round picks than we do. But they, ha- like you said, they have a couple of years, but they have a 12 or 13 pick or 11, even even I think I had a ninth or an eighth maybe four or five years ago. Um, and they turn it into gold, and that's. That's what the Steelers are lacking, especially a team like the Steelers who won't go out and they're not going to go out and sign a um a five A. They're not going to sign the the number one a, a DeAndre Hopkins type receiver, something crazy. They're going to sign a guy um like from Patrick Peterson that's late, you know, a little long in the tooth. I mean, they basically do what the Pirates do, but then we'll get in trouble for it as much. Yeah. As the, as and the I think title helps, but I think they really need to and and. They're, they're no, I mean, they've got the smallest coaching staff in the NFL. I believe they have one of the smallest scouting staffs in the NFL. They need to uh, start bringing in some fresh blood. Um, again, you know, Steeler fans, I'm not going to put the Pirates on the same level with the Steelers, but you're seeing it. Sherrington is bringing people in from outside because obviously the people that were in place weren't doing the job. He brought in another person today. He brought in some scouts from other areas. The Steelers need someone that doesn't show up to work with blue or uh, black and gold sunglasses on. You're, you're, you're exactly right. And that's the last point I want to make before we go is um, with what the Steelers are doing, they're new, they got to bring in a new offensive coordinator. And we've talked about this before we touched on it. They got to bring somebody in with no connection to Pittsburgh whatsoever. I'm talking like no Byron Leftwich, nobody that's, play the game for Pittsburgh or the, an ex-coach or, like you said before, they might just um, promote from within. They can't do that. They got to get somebody new blood in here. I'd prefer a new blood guy that has a little bit of, a little bit of vulgar to him that can will push back a little bit on Tomlin. You know, it won't be a yes-man kind of thing. I think Tomlin needs that as much, yep. as, as, much as, as the Pittsburgh fans do. But, but, but Emmett, thank you so much for your time. Um, um, next week, maybe we, we could jump on board if they hopefully they'll win. I mean, I'm, I'm a Steelers fan. Don't get me wrong. I mean, um, two weeks ago, I, I was hoping we just lost the games and improved our draft stock even a little bit, pick 15, 16, 17, but we won. So we won. I'm going to be a fan. I want to win now. So, and I've seen, I've seen, um, 
this, like I said this before, the Steeler wildcard team against Seattle, I didn't think was, was a great team by no means. Better than this team still, but um, let's root for the Steelers. Let's hope for the best. And, and Emmett, um, enjoy the weekend. A lot of good football this weekend. Yeah, indeed. So, and thank you for your time, and hope, hope I'll you. see you next week on the clock. Looking forward to it. Thank you. Thanks.